The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast. We uh, continue on with our summer series of previewing win totals per conference. We had uh, the ACC last week. We've done SEC. We've done Big Ten. So, Nate, now we are down to uh, a few more conferences left, and we decided to go with the Big 12, which is now technically the Big Ten with 10 other teams, but we're previewing the Big 12 this week. Yeah, it's been it's been 10 teams for a while, and then last year we found out they were losing their two uh, breadwinners in Oklahoma and Texas, but they are adding some schools eight. next year in the AAC currently and also BYU. So things are kind of looking up for the Big 12. It'll be an interesting league, especially because there could be some overlap where Texas and Oklahoma are with the new addition. So right now we're just going to talk about this year, a conference where it feels a little bit wide open. I'm not sure if there's a playoff or national title contending team in this conference, but they're still you know, betting on the regular season with this conference. And last year we saw a team that was 50 to one win this conference in yeah. Baylor and Oklahoma state, who was like 20 to one to win the conference or maybe 10 to one to win the conference where the team that played Baylor is the top two teams, Oklahoma and Iowa state disappointed. So maybe we'll get a fun conference this year, a lot of variance and uh, let's get on to the big 12 and just a note next or this week, we will preview also the pac 12 to close out our, final power five conference pac 12 media days is friday so we'll have that podcast released either thursday or friday morning ahead of media days and then in august we'll tackle the nfl division by division yeah absolutely and as you said it's a wide open conference and i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing in this instance because like you said there's not really a title contender among the group of big 12 teams it's wide open, so it should be fun. You could have probably a lot of upsets here and there, but I don't know if it's ultimately going to decide on a bigger national scale who's going to make the final four of the teams or even win the title. I agree with that. Just because Oklahoma probably can take a little bit of a step back in terms of the national contention without Lincoln Riley. And then Texas, a team that a lot of people want to push in our face at their back, they are on the right path in terms of recruiting. They landed Arch Manning the prized quarterback obviously last name manning yep huge quarterback prospect great talent having the manny manning family attached to the name is huge for future recruiting but he's not going to be on campus until fall 2023 maybe he graduates spring but he won't be a factor this season so i think texas has a lot of hype and there's a lot of hype in terms of recruiting and and rightfully so but it's not going to play a big pe- impact in the Longhorns this year. So I think we're going to get to those schools a little bit later. But there is a, a double like in terms of the over Again. we like. And it was hard to find teams to like the over on, honestly, in this conference, especially with only 10 teams. And me just personally not really liking the top of the conference in terms of where the market has them. But Kansas State, a yeah. team that we both the agreed Wildcats. on without even talking about it. Do you want to talk about why you like Chris Kleiman's team this season? Yeah, well, their number is six and a half right now and it's tough to find a great number if you look around at six and a half seven is the number you're going to get if you like the over you're probably going to get a decent 
number for seven, but the best that I'm seeing, Nate, for six and a half that we have here for Kansas State, it looks like it's minus 145. Yeah, so Which can- is okay. Kansas State okay. has been been bet over. They even opened at one place five and a half, like two months ago. Yeah. So they've been bet over all summer. Kind of a trendy team. Uh, I think that the non-conference schedule you look at, and that's one reason why people are betting over. You have South Dakota week one. You have Missouri in week two. And I know Missouri's an SEC team, but they have a situation there where they're unsure about who's going to play quarterback for them. So when you want to play Missouri is early in the year, especially at home while they're figuring out that situation. Yeah. And then Tulane. Then they have a big test at Oklahoma to start Big 12 play. We're probably going to learn a little bit more about that team and if they can reach their potential with uh, transfer quarterback Adrian Martinez, who I believe we talked about a lot last year at Nebraska. A guy who we think is pretty talented but has trouble taking care of the ball, and that really held him back and held Nebraska back in a lot of games last season. So maybe Kansas State can get the most out of Adrian Martinez on an already pretty talented roster for Kansas State well, standards. The big thing that I think is going to help him is, first of all, at Nebraska he had no help. He didn't have right. running backs. He didn't really have a good wide receiving core. Kansas State, he's going to have Deuce Vaughn. All all conference running back, a guy who every defense that Kansas State plays this season is going to game plan for. Having Deuce Vaughn behind Adrian Martinez is simply going to make Martinez a better quarterback. It's his fifth season playing college football. This is you know this is the year that he should get it all together. Right. And this, this should be the Adrian Martinez year. I'm not saying this is going to be a Heisman year for him, but this is this is going to be the year that I think he's going to helpfully be able to figure out turnover issues and running issues because he was really relied upon a lot at Nebraska to run use his legs a lot for sure and this Kansas State offense is a bit slower I know they want to go a little bit quicker with their new uh, offensive coordinator Colin Klein but I I still think Deuce Vaughn's going to be the center of this offense which takes a lot of pressure off Adrian Martinez definitely and a lot better offensive line on this Kansas State roster than what Martinez had in Nebraska so you could go over six and a half you want and lay minus 145 you're a little late to the party there, but yeah. they should win seven games. However, I want to make a case. He said, I said Baylor won the Big 12 last year at 50-1. to 1. Yes. I don't really – we're going to talk oh. about the under teams and okay. how I don't really like them, which means a team like Kansas State in the middle of the pack could rise to the top if we really think there's a breakout team. I found as good as 18-1 to 1 Ooh. to win the Big 12. There's even one sports book that's offering to make the Big 12 title game, so just finishing top two in the league, and you can get plus 450 there. But there are odds to Not win bad. the Big 12 title on Kansas State's only 12 to one. So maybe some other sports books will open that ac- across the market where it's to make the conference title game, and you can get better than plus 450. But I think I'm looking for something kind of extreme on Kansas State. Just because the six and a half, the value is sucked out it's in terms great. of the the big, the juice. I think making a case Kansas State eighteen to one to win the conference is a viable thing. Is, and if they make the conference title game, you'll have a chance to maybe hedge out a little bit, or you could just take the plus four fifty on them to make the Big Twelve title game. So I'm looking to swing big on Kansas State, not so much as a over six and a half team, but as a team to possibly win the conference. I think there's actually some upside in a program that's usually kind of like a steady team in the middle. I think there's some actually yeah. upside, especially in this conference. Yeah, I mean, the, you look at their offense, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. The, the offense is going to be a lot more fast-paced than they were last season with the new offensive coordinator. And we saw how they played 
in their bowl game with Colin Klein calling the plays. That was like, you know, kind of his test, his warm up to get the job fully for offensive coordinator. And they were going for 50 points. I think they scored 45 points in their bowl game. So the, the offense unlocks something that was really good. Yep. Um, and I know, you know, they lose Skylar Thompson, one of their best quarterbacks that Kansas State has had ever. But Adrian Martinez comes in. He's a good replacement. He's he's not going to be Skylar Thompson, but he's a good replacement for this team. The defensive scheme is changing a little bit. I think I read they're going to like a 3-3-5 defensive scheme, which I think fits what they're trying to do. So th- there's not many question marks on this team. And the, and the only thing you look at is the schedule when you try to make a play like this. And I'm going to talk about Oklahoma a bit later on for the under for their win total. I think Kansas State can go to Oklahoma and at least compete for a win there. At least compete for a win. It's early on enough that Oklahoma still may not fully have their bearings yet. It's still a September game, week four. Kansas State, I think, is right to pull off the upset in Oklahoma. Potentially, yeah, that would go a long way to potentially cashing the uh, Kansas State to win the Big 12 ticket that <laughs> I have. a lot. Because that will be very helpful to at least get them in a path to make the Big 12 title game. So uh, Yeah, I mean, you, you look through their schedule, and out of the, the 12 games that they have, I mean, they lose, say they lose Oklahoma State, lose to Texas. Maybe they lose one of those Iowa State TCU games in the middle well, of their schedule in October. Yeah. I'm, I'm banking on four? them to win those games just because of – the bet I'm I'm lying but yeah right that's what you um, need it's a little bit different now going over six and a half or over seven um but I, I think there's a, a chance they could make some noise in the big 12 this is definitely Kleiman's best team at Kansas State it's a guy who coached in North Dakota State is used to winning big things in the FCS level so why not do it at Kansas State in what I think is going to be a down year for this conference at least at the top so we're both over on the Wildcats those are our two over teams uh, and we have a decent amount of under teams, yeah, which I well, guess makes sense. If, when it's this open in the conference, right. maybe the teams are just going to beat yeah. each other up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So one reason I like Kansas State to win the Big 12 and going to suggest a bet on them at 18-1 to to win the conference is because the three of the top four teams in the conference I don't like. I know the other team, you're going to make a case for the under. Yep. I'll start with the defending conference champion, Baylor, who actually was voted as the number one team in the Big 12 preseason poll. Uh, at Big 12 Media Day. So the media is high on Baylor. Yep. They're not going to sneak up on anyone this year like maybe they did last year when their win total was 5.5 yeah. and they were 50-1 to one to win the conference. So I'm expecting a team that greatly overachieved last year to come back to earth and regress. They move on to a new quarterback in Blake Shapin, who didn't play much last season, so I think there's a question mark there. And they also have six rough road games in terms of either they're playing a good opponent or long travel. Week two, they're playing in Provo against BYU. And BYU is a very good team this season who has a tough schedule, 
but they're playing in week two. So BYU is going to be fresh for that game. They have revenge from last season when BYU lost in Waco. So I like BYU in that game week two. They have long road trips to Iowa State and West Virginia. They're playing an approved Texas Tech team in Lubbock, which is always a tough place to play, especially if they continue some of the momentum that they've built with new coach, uh, the new coach McGuire and how he's recruiting. And then they get both Oklahoma and Texas on the road. So it's a tough road slate for Baylor. I was able to find an under eight and minus 115. That would need nine wins to beat me. I really like under eight on Baylor. Pretty much everywhere else, it's seven and a half juiced over. But there is that number uh, eight that's lingering at one sports book. If you want to know which one, make sure to DM me. I don't want to be mentioning sports books that don't <laughs> sponsor us. But Baylor under eight. I mean, I'm calling for regression from Dave Aranda's program, even though I do respect him a lot as a head coach. I like it. And we've got four teams that we like for the under. And obviously, they all play each other. So and this the four is top teams. Four for the top teams. So this is going to get interesting because I guess we're hoping that some of the, uh, the lesser Big 12 teams really step it up this season because – I have to go under on the uh, fighting Brent Venables. Oklahoma Sooners, under 9.5. They're the top win total of the Big 12. The under 9.5, you can probably get a minus 120, I think is yep. one of the best numbers that I'm seeing. If you're really bold and want to go under 9, you can get plus 110. And if you're really, really bold right. and want to go under 8.5, you can get plus 155. I don't know if I would recommend that necessarily, but I do like under 9.5. And, yep. and Oklahoma's been a 10-win factory you know they they pumped out 10 win seasons like it was nothing but this season I mean you look what they have I I love Brent Venables as a defensive coordinator I really do and I I don't want to put money on him suddenly coming to Oklahoma and figuring out how to be a head coach right away especially when you lose the talent that Oklahoma has lost they don't have Caleb Williams anymore they're bringing in a transfer in Dylan Gabriel from UCF who knows how good he's going to be against Big 12 competition? I mean, he, he might be really good, and Brent Venables might be able to coach him well. Their offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, may be able to st- strategize in, in really good and creative ways, but I'm just banking on that either taking a little bit of the season for the team to figure out and then having a little bit of speed bumps in the first year, Brent Venables with all this transition. Yeah, I could see that, especially on defense, Venables, new scheme, new system. Oklahoma's always been able to recruit well. The problem is they – it's not even they were not coached up well because their old defensive coordinator Alex Grinch is one of the more respected defensive coaches. So I'm not sure what it was at Oklahoma, but having to learn a new scheme, I can see the defense struggling. I do think Dylan Gabriel is going to be fine. Him and Jeff Lebby were together at UCF, so there's a connection there. Lebby was at Ole Miss last year and had a very good season. They're going to have with, a fun offense. Yeah, that's for sure. And that's why I still think, and especially because I don't like Baylor. And spoiler alert, I'm not going to make a case against Oklahoma State yeah. and also kind of temper the expectations for Texas a little later in the show. But some team is going to probably have to win nine or ten games overall in this league, and I would say it would be Oklahoma just because there's still some talent there. I do like the quarterback-offensive coordinator combination, especially if Brett Venables kind of stays out of the way, focus on the defense, lets Jeff Levy do his thing on offense. It doesn't try to water down the offense to kind of protect his defense, who might have some growing pains with the new system. So in general, I like Oklahoma in terms of like a Big 12 team. I don't think they have the national contention or the playoff contender label that they've had maybe with Lincoln Riley but I still think that nine or ten games is very likely 
for this team. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of nine and a half in terms of the win total, but there is one sports book still hanging the eight and a half heavily juiced over. I would definitely stay away from that number, whether you like the over or under and attack the nine or nine and a half, depending on if you like the over or under on the Sooners. I, I really do think, I think nine is a perfect number for this. So that, that's why I would not recommend eight and a half. No, I think they lose three games. It was three games this season. It was Oklahoma state at the end of the season at home. I think they lose to Texas that October 8th game. I think they can lose lose to the Longhorns there. And then between playing Nebraska on the road. Week I was going to wonder if you were going to make the case for Nebraska. Yeah, a Nebraska I, I team that. where there should be improvement. Last year when they played in Lincoln, um, and Oklahoma was a huge favorite in that game, Nebraska took them down to the wire. Yeah. So that's kind of a – I think is going to be one of the high – uh, profile non-conference games that we're going to see in September between Oklahoma and Nebraska, especially because of the old rivalry when they were in the same conference once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, that could definitely be a slip-up spot for Oklahoma, especially early in the Venables era. And I made the case for Kansas State, which is the week after. I, the yeah, the Nebraska is... Nebraska on the road to Kansas State, week three to week four, they yeah. they could go one and one there. Definitely. If, if they go one and one there, then they lose to Texas and they lose to Oklahoma State. There's your nine wins. I prefer if they lost to Adrian Martinez's uh, current team as opposed to former team in <laughs> yes. terms of Kansas State to win the Big Twelve. But uh, yes, we'll 100%. see. I, I can and see. Texas Tech on the road to end the season. Like you, yeah. you never know. That's an end, end of the season game. Who knows where Texas Tech is going to be at that point in the season? They have a pretty low win total, so it could be one of those. Yeah. We have nothing to lose. Throw everything well, against the wall against a good team. Yeah, Texas Tech's five and a half, so that could be determining bowl eligibility or not yeah I will say Texas Tech and TCU barely made the cut for me I was thinking of giving them out not necessarily as an overplay but as a team to bet on but I I kind of wanted to attack the top of the conference because it's more oh, fun yeah. to talk about Texas as opposed to TCU and Texas Tech but I'm gonna go with an under and it's Oklahoma State and it's similar to Baylor where it's another big 12 team that overachieved last season and I think it's gonna come a little bit back to the middle and the reason why I think this win total is eight and a half, which is probably a little bit of a little high, just because I expect some regression in general and some of the losses I'll get to. But the non-conference schedule is very favorable. Central Michigan, you're playing an Arizona State team, hosting them, and that program is a complete mess right now. Yeah, and you don't know what to expect from them. And then Arkansas Pine Bluff before bye week, so they should start three and zero. But then they play five road games in conference as opposed to four at home. I'm not a huge Spencer Sanders fan. And I'm really the reason I'm selling the Cowboys is they lose defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, someone who we talked about in the Big Ten preview podcast of why I like Ohio State a lot. And they just lose a lot of production on defense, whether Jim Knowles brought players over um, from to Columbus and the transfer portal, or they just had a really experienced old defense that are now not in college anymore. So no. they did get a, I think I thought a good job getting Derek Mason. Uh, to become the defensive coordinator there, who was at Auburn last year. So at least they have a good coach. But losing all that talent on that side of the ball, I think, is going to cause a dip in their play. So under 8.5, you can find at minus 110. Yeah, minus 110 under 8.5 on Oklahoma State is a bet for me. I like that too uh, because I just don't know if they can handle that. Jim Knowles was such an important part of that team. That's a big loss, yeah. man. He transformed Oklahoma State from like a not not he necessarily transformed it, but Oklahoma State's defense was terrible. Yeah. And they were all offense with Mike Gundy and like a lot of Big Twelve schools were. Yep. But even like same with Baylor, where they used to be high flying offense, no defense. But Oklahoma State with Jim Knowles really became a defensive team and that was a really, really strong unit at Oklahoma State. 
I don't think we're see anywhere close to the production this year. And a lot of um, Oklahoma State's reliance is going to be on Spencer Sanders, a quarterback who had some moments where he was good, but it was too inconsistent for me. And maybe he takes a big step and improves a lot. But I'll I'll bet against it, and I'll pay to see it. No pun intended. All right, we need the uh, we need the Big Twelve to put on some earmuffs right now because we're going horns down. Yeah, yeah, don't 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 suspend horns me. Down. Don't find me. Uh, well, although I don't think the Big Twelve cares because they're going the SEC and that's true. I, they're like, ah, that's fine. I, I they probably should lift that. What is it? Is like a dejection if you do horns down now if you're a it's player. So, it's something that's not they, they, worth. They should change it if they haven't already, but. Uh, Texas definitely not as strong of an underplay for me. It's pretty much let's call it a consensus eight and a half on their win total. But I did want to talk about them in some form, and if I had to pick, I would lean under on Texas. Um, they're going to be a lot better, I'll say that. And I think there's a interesting quarterback battle brewing between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. Card was there last year. Ewers is a transfer from Ohio State who basically graduated from high school a year early went to Ohio to get NIL money because things were legal there and set up there and then came back to Texas. So he should be basically a true freshman in college, but he hasn't played much football because he did miss his senior year of high school. So I think there's still a lot of question marks with him and we shouldn't grant him this like elite prospect. There's definitely potential there. He was the number one player in his recruiting class in 2021, but it doesn't mean he's going to hit the ground running right away. Even if he, and he might not even win the battle, the Hudson card. But I think this is asking a lot of a team to win nine games a season, especially when you have Alabama in non-conference week two on the schedule. It's a home game, but it's at 11 a.m., which I think actually might impact the home field advantage. You really would wa- rather play that game like 6 o'clock Get or 6.30, 7 o'clock. But 11 yeah. o'clock, I feel like there's going to be a lot of Bama fans making the trip there because they don't travel there a lot, although they will travel there probably in the future when both teams are in the same co- conference. But I think this wind holds us inflated because the recruiting is on fire. Getting Arch Manning, Steve Sarkeesian, second year. He was 5-7 and seven last year, but I think a lot is forgotten about that season because of landing Arch Manning because they had such a good recruiting class this past class. And they're not quite, for me, a true contender yet. They will be, though, as long as Arch Manning works out and stays and he doesn't transfer himself. But I think they're really a year away from being a true contender on the national landscape. So under 8.5 is a slight lean for me on Texas. I'm not sure if I'm going to put money on it, but I would definitely bet under before I took the oh, over. Yeah. I'm all for fading Texas. You know, that it, it's the most fun. They, Texas yeah. fans, for some reason, it's you say one thing, bad thing about Texas, and they go nuts. I, I don't it understand it. Tom Herman's last year. It was the 2019 team that had played LSU early in the year, yeah. I remember. Uh, betting a lot of money on their under whatever it was it may have been only been like eight or something that year but they had a really really tough schedule and they went under very easily so i think texas and all the jokes we make about them they're going to come to an end at some point but mm, i think that not week two here's the thing texas is going to be a lot better than last year yeah but the odds makers have put their expectations a lot higher than it was i don't think they're going to reach them so texas under um, I know there's one nine out there, but it's juice minus 145, which is a little tough. But That's a I don't know if they're I, they're not going to win 10 games, but I'm also not willing to risk that amount of money just to win a little bit less on that proposition. Just in case 
uh, Quinn Ewers ends up being the real deal and hits his ceiling. Yeah, well, week two is going to be a lot of fun because you know Alabama is going to give up yep. maybe 10 points. It's going to be 43 to 10. <laughs> Alabama is going to wipe the floor well, with Texas. People are going to start calling for Steve Sarkeesian's job, and it's going to be—it's going to be gross. It's going to be well, gross in Texas. If you think if you think that's going to happen, I think you can bet Alabama minus. Yeah, what's 14. the line for it? Minus four. Oh, I don't have it offhand, but I know that, that. it was. Let me check. This quickly. is going to be one of the best Alabama defenses in dec in like a decade. I feel like they'll score at least a little bit more. Forty-three to ten. It's going to be, it's gonna be 43 to 10. But I really They're do gonna get think... a field goal and like an early touchdown and people are, it's either going to be a really early touchdown first possession, or it's going to be a garbage time touchdown. It's not, there's going to be nothing in between. They're going to get a field goal. They'll probably miss a field goal and Alabama is going to wipe the floor with them. All right. I found it. Uh, Texas is a 14 and a half point home oh, underdog yeah. week two. Oh, I'm taking to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Absolutely. I, I might take an alt line minus 20 and a half Alabama. I love that. They're gonna they're gonna kill them. Let's see what they're happens. Kill them. Let's see what happens when we get there because you can't bet alt lines in college football until like two days before the game. Oh, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm hitting all the lines. Absolutely. Uh, so those are our teams. Uh, over. We love Kansas State. We both love Kansas State. We both love NC State. So those are the two teams. This Sharp Lessons podcast is really behind this yes. for the over. Um, unders. I like the Oklahoma under nine and a half. I don't go eight and a half. Under nine and yeah. a half. I think is the move. I think they win nine games. Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas are your unders. Yeah, and out of those unders, Texas is by far the weakest. I actually probably won't actually make a bet on the Texas under, but Baylor and Oklahoma State at Baylor under eight and Oklahoma State under eight and a half will be bets that I'll uh, tweet out maybe after the college uh, preview stuff that we do. I'll tweet out some bets that I personally make based on some of the information I've given out over the last few weeks. There you go. All right, we'll be back uh, on Friday with the Pac-12 and the disaster that that conference is going to end up being. So this is, you know, one last ride for the Pac-12. We might as well do some over and unders for them. And then we'll be done with the uh, Power 5 conferences in college football in August. Turn the page, NFL football, do the divisions. going to be a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll finish out college football this week, then on to NFL. Yep, I know every team now is in training camp as we talk for the NFL, so it's getting close. Looking forward to talking NFL, sharing some win totals, conference futures or division futures, and whatever else comes about, maybe a a player prop or two if we're having trouble figuring out one conference or the other. We love it. We're going to have a fun show during football season too. A lot of fun segments. We're very excited. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Give us a rate. Review us. Let us know what we can do better, worse. Love to hear from people at Stadium Bets. You can tweet um, and find all the content as well. Once we get this uh, full podcast studio all set up and nice, it'll look great. We'll look great. The videos will look good, and hopefully the bets will be winning. But until then, we'll see you uh, on Friday for Pac-12.